Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to be here today to worship you, carve out some time from our busy lives to recognize you as our Savior. We just ask that you would bless our time together, give each of us what you would have us to hear, and we'll give you all the honor and the glory, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, praise team. Man, they just get better every week. I tell you, amen. Yeah, let's give them a let's give them a round. Yeah, they work hard and their efforts certainly um, are reflected. The better they get. So, we're still talking about the path. Um, today's title is "Look Where You're Going." I think everyone hopefully remembers what we talked about last week, and you know how to get counsel from those that maybe are smarter and maybe uh, more experienced, more seasoned than we may be. So we're going to focus primarily this, this today on Proverbs 4, 25 through 27. And I'm going to periodically read some things from that, but it's week five. So that means we're kind of coming down to crunch time. And fortunately for all of you, Matt will be back next week. So... Uh, but 29 times the book of Proverbs mentions the path or past paths that we are on. So we talked last week about we all know Solomon is one of the wisest men arguably ever in the history of the world. So 29 times he talks about the path, the path, the road map. Um, so here are just a few examples. In Proverbs 1, 15, Solomon is warning us about buddying up to people with questionable morals and it says my son do not go along with them do not set foot on their path that's the path we never want to take in Proverbs 2 9 he talks about following the way of wisdom and it says then you will understand what is right and just and fair every good path so clearly, these are the paths we do want to take. So a few weeks ago, we studied Proverbs 3, 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Uh, some other versions will say, and he will make your paths straight. So straight is certainly a much easier path than going back and forth and left to right and up and down. So... Um, in Proverbs um, 4.26, he adds a nuance or supplemental principle to the principle we've been learning so far. Make level paths of your feet and take only ways that are firm. If you've been with us for all or most of the series, you know that the principles that are true in geography are equally true in all of our lives. Those principles are the principle of the path. What is that? Your direction determines your destination. So this morning, I want to add Solomon's qualifier to this statement. One slight modification that I think you'll agree is very, very true. What gets your attention determines your destination. And ultimately, our destination or where we end up. So... Tell a quick story about uh, my father. Um, 1950, 51, 
uh, his life like really changed. So he'd just gotten out of high school. He was trying to figure out what he wanted to do with his life. Uh, he enrolled in the college at Pilgrim Bible College in Kernersville, North Carolina. He was a young man from Archdale. Um, wanted to go to college, but he felt that his parents and God wanted him to go to a Bible college. So it was a big step. Dad was somewhat of an introvert. While not a lot of charisma, great looks or nice clothes, fancy car, had none of that, but he was pleasant, kind, soft-spoken, and humble. See, Don was easy to be around and very easy to like. So there was a young lady at the same time her name is Peggy Jean Garman, and she caught Donald's eye, caught and ultimately captured his full attention. At some point, Don mustered up the courage to ask her to go with him to a college ceremony or fellowship, not a dance, but he knew nothing about how to date, court, or even act with a woman. Luckily, he had a loving mother and three sisters to help him learn how to dress, uh, source a corsage. They still do that? I guess they do, yeah. Open doors, how to respect someone that he already admired and had his full attention. How to take his attention to impress the woman he really liked. So the next four to three years was a great time for my father and for my mom. They wrote letters. He spent many Sundays traveling all the way to Kannapolis, China Grove, towards Concord to see Peggy. But he also went to see her family. She was gaining more and more of his attention and this attention was determining his direction. So with Don living in Archdale and still taking care of his brothers, sisters, and working on the farm, driving for an hour and a half sometimes, back and forth, it became a weekly trip. See, Don and Peggy were getting to know one another, and even though he got several speeding tickets and a couple of bad wrecks, because he fell asleep. He knew his attention was on something, something that would be good for him. And I remember growing up, his mother really didn't like him dating and seeing Peggy. I mean, it wasn't anything personal. She just felt it was way too dangerous for him to be driving like that. And But little did my grandmother know that Peggy was going to be the best thing that ever happened to my father. So we're about right back where we started. What gets your attention determines your destination and ultimately our destination. Needless to say, Don and Peggy were eventually married, adopted two sons, spent 58 years of quality, supportive companionship together. Don't get it twisted. I'm sure they had their problems. I'm sure they had their struggles. They had their growth. But they cared and loved each other. And each captured 
each other's full attention. They grew their faith together. They enjoyed each other. They cared deeply for one another. But everything was based on God first. I will never forget when we got older. <laughs> my brother and I would talk to my dad and sometimes say things like, Dad, you must have had it bad. Like the whole love and attention for mom thing. And he would say, I really did not see it that way, boys. Not at all. I had it good. Well, Dad, you could have found someone closer to home. Someone who would be easier to see. Again, Pop, with some serious wisdom, would throw down, I did not and do not see it that way. Your mother was such a blessing and treasure to me. I would have driven to California to see her and try to gain more of her attention. So what gets your attention determines your destination and ultimately our destination. So why was it that not long ago, almost every state in the nation passed laws prohibiting people from talking on cell phones without some sort of hands-free device? Because they knew that if a person is staring at their phone, giving more attention to it than to the road, there's a good chance they'll steer themselves off the road or maybe steer themselves into somebody else. What you give your attention to will determine your direction, and your direction will determine your destination. Mankind has known for thousands of years this principle because Solomon taught it to us 3,000 years ago in the book of Proverbs. Here's his whole statement on attention. Proverbs 4, 25 through 27. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. In other words, our, our destination is determined by our direction. And our direction is dictated by whatever holds our attention. The things that capture your attention will influence your direction. So a personal example of this principle Don and, Peggy, Don and Peggy was a positive example of how attention influences direction. But I could, give, I could give you a few negative ones as well. Like every principle, the principle of attention can work for us or it can work against us. If you think for a minute, you'll, you'll probably be able to drum up half dozen instances where your attention got diverted in ways you really wish it never had. Author Anley Stanley writes, All of us have people or events or opportunities in our past that reflect the much more frequent flip side. Looking back, there are people you wish you had never met. Relationships you wish you'd have never initiated. Numbers you wish you'd never called. Voicemails you wish you'd have never acknowledged business opportunities you wish you had ignored. Life was better before these things grabbed your attention. In many cases, the path 
you were on before they came along was the path you should have adhered to but you didn't and what grabbed your attention altered your direction so no doubt at some point you had a mental conversation with yourself that went something like this wow would you look at that I probably shouldn't go there but perhaps I should double check to make sure I shouldn't go there yep I really shouldn't go there so let's focus probably wouldn't hurt to go there for just a moment remember when common sense seemed to get railroaded by the emotion of whatever or whoever it was that grabbed your attention before you knew it you were moving in an entirely different direction usually there is a strong emotional appeal to the things that grab our attention we get sucked into these detours because something emotionally engaging is on those paths my observation is that the things that tend to grab my attention are often things I really should avoid advertisers make a living trying to grab my attention and that's okay everyone needs to eat and live indoors buy things buy clothes have nice things great advertisements appeal to our emotions let's face it malls and car dealerships are not emotionally neutral environments but often the things that grab our attention lead to bad choices and decisions and regret what captures our attention influences our direction attention direction destination that's the principles of the path of three simple words with three simple words as your attention goes so goes your life or as Solomon says in Proverbs 4 25 through 27 again let your eyes look straight ahead fix your gaze directly before you make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm do not swerve to the right or left keep your foot from evil so so far we've placed two verbs in front of the word attention one is positive something captures our attention the other is negative something grabs our attention so I want to give you two more verbs that may be more useful to you when it comes to your attention but first let me read you a little more from author Andy Stanley so he says I have a black lab whose attention seems to be genetically locked in on food when it comes to food I don't think shadow really has a choice it seems as if she can't help but follow a food related scent this has sent her in some not so pleasurable directions as you might be aware people like to give their pastors food actually food and ties um, but he says I barely wear a tie so we get lots of food especially at Christmas people are generous and gracious they bring large quantities of food to our doorstep but they don't want to bother us by ringing the doorbell or even knocking <clears throat> so they just leave things by the front door 
or so they say we don't know for sure because we don't get to see what they brought we just see traces of what they brought we know someone has brought us a perishable gift because there are usually bits of paper and ribbon scattered around the front lawn when we are able to locate a card we take the time to write a thank you note but we are always vague because we aren't really sure what we are saying thank you for <laughs> maybe we should ask shadow to write the notes if you're a dog person you've probably heard that chocolate and caffeine will kill your dog not true it will keep her up late into the night but it won't kill her at least that has been our experience so now according to Andy shadow doesn't seem to have a choice about where she focuses her attention but unlike our friends in the animal kingdom we do have a choice you and I do not have to be ruled by things that grab or capture our attention the principle of choice you get to choose what you give your attention to which leads me to the two other verbs I want to give you besides grab attention and capture attention you can choose who and what to give your attention to you can choose who and what to pay attention to here's the key your emotions tend to fuel the things that grab or capture your attention your intentionality tends to fuel what you pay and give attention to on every path that leads to disaster or destruction there's something powerful and emotionally engaging that summoned us that grabbed our or captured our attention which is why Solomon warns again Proverbs 4 25 through 27 let your eyes look straight ahead fix your gaze directly before you make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm do not swerve to the right or to the left keep your foot from evil make a choice <clears throat> choose which direction you will go and then fix your gaze directly on it what we give our attention to determines our direction and the direction you head in determines where you end up I want to ask you a sincere question what has your attention these days is it a relationship a career a house an enjoyable pastime is it a t is it TV a series the news sports politics I certainly hope not is it a person who is leading you somewhere you really don't want to go or a person who is leading you towards where you do want or need to go is it your marriage your children your family your faith is it an achievement you're hoping to accomplish soon what has your attention these days again what captures or grabs your attention or what you choose to pay or give attention to will determine your direction and your direction will determine your destination here's a second question what do you want to have what do you want to have your attention if you could only fix your eyes on one thing what would it be six weeks into this series I want to make a suggestion in Philippians 3 13 through 14 the Apostle Paul described his approach to life this way forgetting what is behind 
and straining towards what is ahead, I press on forward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He follows that up by saying in Philippians 3.15, All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. Almost every book of the Bible describes the same focused life in some way. The author of the book of Hebrews says in Hebrews 2.1, We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. Some of you here today drifted away from the faith for a while, and you wonder how that happened. It happened because of the principle of your attention. Your eyes, your attention followed something other than God, and you wound up drifting away from God. So this same author says in Hebrews 12, 2 through 3, here's what you need to do to stay on the right path spiritually. He says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such a opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I really like that verb, fix. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't swerve to the right or the left. Don't let your eyes wander. This is my suggestion. Don't let your heart or your attention be captured by lesser things. Focus your attention on Jesus, on following him, getting to know him better, serving him fully, becoming like him more and more every day. In the early days of Christianity, when persecutions were just beginning, an unknown saint wrote a song that described really well the path that Jesus took. This song went like this. Jesus, being in very nature God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that comes from Philippians 2, 6 through 11. The Apostle Paul inscribed this song into his letter to the church in Philippi because he thought it was important that everyone know that one day every person, everyone with knees, will bow before Jesus no matter where their path has taken them. Remember a few weeks ago when we learned from Matt and this series that the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. That's Proverbs 22, 3. So here's a quick danger that um, I, I hope we can all think about and see. 
if you pursue anything less than Jesus, you may end up bowing your knee before him from a destination you really never wanted to arrive at. Which is why Hebrews 12.2 says, fix your eyes on Jesus. He's the path to heaven, the path to fulfillment, the path to purpose, the path to where you really want to go. Here's the way he said it in John 14.6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Another word for way is path. I am the way, he said. I am the path. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Because whatever you give your attention to, again, will determine your direction. And whatever direction you head will determine where you wind up. You have a choice. You can follow Jesus or you can follow something less. You can let your attention be grabbed by something that feels good for a moment. Or you can give your attention to the one who will direct you all the days of your life and into eternity. Which will you choose today? I'm going to ask the praise team if they'll come up. Some of you have never chosen Jesus before. I mean, hardcore, real deal, all in or nothing chosen Jesus maybe you'd like to choose to fix your eyes on him today in just a minute I'm going to lead you in a prayer that will change your eternity because it will change the path you're on spiritually I hope you'll pray it with me and some of you decided to follow Jesus a long time ago and then you let your attention be grabbed or captured by something or someone else. Today is the day to correct that, don't you think? Today is the day to say, Jesus is the Lord my God. I will no longer have any other gods before him. So the prayer for seekers, Jesus, I believe that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And I am choosing to follow you today. I admit that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And I invite you to be mine. We are all sinful. We have all fallen short. As Howard said a thousand times, I failed, man. You can't just keep forgiving me, can you? That doesn't make any sense. How can you do that? Your mercy remains. If I stumble again, I'll fall in your grace. So a prayer for believers. Jesus, I know that you are the way, the truth, and the life, but I haven't been walking your path recently. Today I'm choosing to put you first again. I choose today to fix my eyes on you and follow you. I pray that you'll help me I purpose to walk your path again and I'm serious about this so next steps three real short real sweet come back next week we have one more week 
And it's an important one. So Matt will be back. That's the most important thing. But Matt will be back and we'll talk to you about what to do when you realize there is a road closed sign that's in your path. And, what, and you won't be able to reach the destination you were hoping to reach. Maritally, materially, physically, or in some other way. Number two, fix your eyes on Jesus this week. When you get up each day, talk to him. Spend a few minutes alone with him, either in Proverbs or some other place in Scripture. And number three, pray for a friend who is not on the Jesus path.